May peace be with you. If you stick around at the end, there's more information about our community and how to find us. And now, here's this week's Centering Scripture, followed by the sermon. Our first lesson is from Corinthians chapter 9, with selected verses uh, between 6 and 15. Um, Take note of where this translation comes from above. Verse 6, remember this saying, the one who plants only a few seeds will harvest a small crop. The one who plants many seeds will harvest a large crop. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. You should not be forced to give out of guilt because someone is shaming you for not giving. For the great spirit loves it when people give with glad hearts. Verse 8, Creator has the power to use the gift of all of his great kindness to provide more than enough for all that you need at all times. In this way, you will have plenty to help others. Just as it says in our sacred teachings, he filled many giveaway blankets with gifts to the poor. His right ways will bring honor to him beyond the end of all days. The one who gives seed for planting and good good food for eating will make your seeds grow into a great harvest for doing what is right. His blessing will rest on you in every way so that you can always be a blessing to others. In this way, the gift you give to us for others will bring honor and thanks to the Great Spirit. This sacred task of giving not only helps the poor among Creator's holy people in Village of Peace or Jerusalem, but it also inspires many people to give praise to the Great Spirit. Your willingness to follow through with this sacred task of giving shows that your faithfulness to the good story of the Chosen One goes beyond words. Your freely given gift to them and to all will bring honor to Creator. With deep feeling for you, they will send their voice to the Great Spirit, for they have seen the gift of Creator's great kindness at work in you. Give thanks to the Great Spirit for the gift that goes beyond our weak ways of speaking. Here ends the lesson. The Gospel reading comes from Luke chapter 17, and there are some errors in the bulletin, so I'm going to read it straight from the indigenous uh, version of the Bible. And as Mary noted, uh, this does not conform to all Western inclusive language, um, but it, it is representative of this translation. So I'm going to read it as it's printed, beginning at Luke 17, chapter 11. On his way, this is Jesus, to the village of peace, Jerusalem, Creator sets free, Jesus, took the path following the border between high place, Samaria, and circle of nations, Galilee. He went into a small village where ten men with a skin disease came across his path, 
and they kept a respectful distance from him and called loudly, Creator sets free, Jesus honored one, and they pleaded, Have pity on us. Creator sets free, Jesus looked at them and said, Go to the holy men and show yourselves to them. Now, tribal law instructed that a person healed of a skin disease must be pronounced ceremonially, ceremonially clean by a whole man. They did what he said, and as they were on their way, they were healed. One of the ten men, when he saw he was healed, returned to Creator sets free, Jesus, giving loud praise to the Great Spirit. And when he bowed down to honor, Creator sets free, Jesus, and offered him thanks, this man was from high place, Samaria. All the people from there were despised and looked down on by the tribes of the wrestles with the Creator, Israel. Creator sets free, Jesus said to those who were watching, Were not ten men healed? Where then are the other nine? Was the only one who returned to give thanks and honor to the Great Spirit an outsider from the high place, Samaria? And then he said to them, to the man, Stand up and be on your way. Your trust in me has healed you. Here ends the word of the Lord. We have two extra speakers today, and Lori Cocking is going to be our first speaker, uh, kind of giving us an update on Division of Indian Work and just some good words for our, from our friends in Minneapolis and, and our community. Thanks, Lori. If you noticed in our bulletin, the next thing is sermon, that's not me. <laughs> so, I'm here to talk to you about the Division of Indian Work, which I love, I think we all love. Um, we have been a key contributor for DIW over the years. We've had many members who've been on the board, and um, I kind of feel like it's my home away from home. So that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't had been a member of this church. So I want to thank everyone for doing the work for DIW and including them in their social justice. Um, we have had a lot of people involved in, uh, the DI, in DIW over the years. And um, long before I joined this church, so today is also a time to thank Ceci Faster, Lyle Meyer, Mark Stratman, all prior board members, and current board members, Judy Gregg, Dale Woodbeck, and myself, um, for keeping this connection, for being in granted leadership roles at DIW. Um, it's been fun and sometimes stressful and mostly just a warm and wonderful place to be. Um, right now, Steve and Judy Lortz and I don't, don't see today are reading to the children who are between five and seven, I think once a week at DIW, and they also love that work. So St. Luke gave me the opportunity to create 
a friendship with DIW staff and clients, and I thank you all for everything that you've done, from coats to diapers and diapers and diapers. I have never seen so many diapers, but the need is great. There's a diaper bank, and each person can get six diapers for each child, and I don't know what the age range is. And we supplement that, because six diapers twice a week is not, is not a lot. So um, this week I picked up just an amazing amount of diapers. And every time I come, there are clients there that greet me and say, it's the Lukey. <laughs> I'm not Lori, I'm the Lukey because I'm from St. Luke. But they're like, they're like, diapers, what else you got? And I get a chance to be with the mothers. I get a chance to hold their babies. I get a chance to listen to their stories, which are sometimes hard. But I think hearing those stories, sharing those stories, it really um, strengthens the ties to the community. And I love the Native community. I grew up in Pipestone, Minnesota, so I had Native friends when I was a child. Had a pretty dysfunctional family, although my mother was a teacher, my dad was a business person, but inside that house, things were not so good. And I could not talk to people in my class or friends because generally that's not what we talked about. But in the Native community, they all talked about dysfunction. And so I would meet with them in Pipestone and we'd go for a Coke at Lang's Cafe, which was a truck stop, and we'd talk about real things, real things, things that hurt our hearts and things that we hoped someday would change. And that was at the time when there was a boarding school in Pipestone where Dennis Banks and uh, Dave Fortune were there. I did not, I saw them a couple times, but I did not, they were not part of that group. But it's just, that's really where that connection for me started. It was a place that helped me struggle with my uh, dysfunction in my family because they didn't moan and groan about it, they laughed about it. They taught me how to find humor in all the craziness in, in, in my life and in their lives. So I'm here today just to say thank you. Thanks for all the people before me, Ceci, Mark Stratman, Lyle, all the people that have been at DIW on the board, um, the work that you've done, and creating this partnership, which has so enriched my life. So Migwitch, thank you. And um, I hope to be a member or a part of DIW for as long as I'm walking on this earth. So I'm going to get my sermon from you. Oh, good. I don't want to get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, Lori. St. Luke is a blessed place because of these relationships. It's a deep part of the DNA of St. Luke. It's a gift. It's a partnership. It's a blessing. Thank you, Lori. Thank you for all past and present, and we hope future folks engaged with the work of DIW. Let us just pause with a word. A loving God. You've brought us here. You've blessed us. 
And now may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth find a place of acceptance in your sight, the one who is our rock. Amen. Have you ever regretted not sending a thank you note? Ever regretted that? Sometimes someone has been particularly generous or exceptional, or you'd really wanted to acknowledge their kindness. And then that moment evaporates. It evaporates because time has passed. You didn't order the flowers. You didn't get out the stationery. You didn't remember the small gift, the omiyagi, the Japanese gratitude gift. You forgot it. Do you remember the comedian Tom Pappas? He used to always kind of talk about his faux pas, and then he'd say in kind of a hangdog way, have you ever, well, I have. Like, have you ever gone to Seattle and forgotten your raincoat and your umbrella? He'd say, I have. Have you ever gone on a camping trip and you forgot your sleeping bag and the matches? Well, I have. Well, have you ever not thanked someone properly? Have you missed the moment to say thank you? And that regret has lingered maybe a week, a month, a year, or more. Well, I have. And so I do appreciate the text today. And with you, I would like to wonder for a few minutes without judgment about the other nine. Right, do you hear that? The other nine. The nine people who were healed by Jesus and they didn't come back to thank him or praise God. I wonder if they were so excited that all they wanted to do was race home and to show their families. Were they so delighted because they could finally be in the public without shame and without fear? Were they just actually out of practice of saying thank you? Maybe they'd forgotten their manners. And perhaps when people are treated badly or just kind of discarded, so often they don't have a need to cultivate what we would call social graces. Maybe they'd never been invited to the party. Maybe they never got an invitation to dance. And so saying thank you was just simply awkward. I don't know. And I want to be careful not to judge why they didn't return, why they didn't come back with thanks. But what's important is that Jesus notices. Verse 18, was the only one who returned to give thanks and honor to the great spirit, an outsider from Samaria, he asked. Who knows what was on the minds and the hearts of the other nine? And maybe later they did regret that they didn't come back and thank Jesus. Maybe they didn't think to praise God. Or maybe they did it in their own private, personal way, unseen by others. Many times when we're comfortable and we finally have all that we think we want, it's easy to get sidetracked. 
we can get diverted into believing that all that we have, all this goodness, is because we're clever, we're hardworking, we're a good student, or we finally figured out how to work in the system that we're in. But this gospel text is humbling. It's a humbling reminder that all that we have is a gift. The scriptures point us to generosity and goodness. It says this generosity and goodness should bless even the outsider, people from the wrong side of the tracks. And this gospel reminds us of something we profess every Sunday at St. Luke. We are people trying to walk humbly with God. So this Thanksgiving week, let our lives be full of thanks and giving. Thanks and giving. And more importantly, Let us be intentional in acknowledging all that we have is a pure gift. Gifts from God, a God that loves us, a God that knows us, a God that cares about us. And we say, thanks be to God. Amen. As a church located on Lakota land in Minnetonka, Minnesota, St. Luke is a joyful, inclusive, intergenerational, and compassionate community on a spiritual journey seeking to do justice, make peace, and to walk humbly with God. We invite you to join us live for virtual worship each Sunday morning on Facebook or YouTube, or by following the worship links on our website, stluke.mn. Thanks for listening. May you go in peace.